The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? And welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm here to radiate harmony with my guest, Tracy Brown, who um, is a wonderful speaker. She writes about inclusion. She writes about harmony, about diversity, and about spirituality, all of the things that I really love. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you for joining me today and under such weird, bizarre circumstances. <laughs> I am delighted to hang out with you and absolutely radiating harmony in our tumultuous times. But you know, all the time, all of life, it's just one condition to the next condition or circumstance to the next one. So I'm not sure I'm buying into this being any more chaotic of a time than any other time. Thank you so much for that perspective. It is greatly appreciated. Of course, we are recording this on March, what is it today? The 16th, 16th, March 16th. And you were going to be speaking here in Kansas City, in the Kansas City area, about spiritual leadership. And we were also excited about that. And of course, it got canceled. So um, I do want to hit about hit on the spiritual leadership aspect of it. And I do appreciate you reminding me that these are not, these are times. They're neither crazy nor bad. They're times. So thank you. I'm disappointed that you were not here to talk this weekend, but um, I'm so glad to catch up with you um, in this format. So Tracy, um, for those who don't know your work, what would you say is your uh, focus that you work on? So I'm really, the way I normally summarize who I am and what I do the most concisely is I'm an expert at building bridges between individuals and groups that are different from one another. And my goal is to not only be able to do that, but to help other people do that as well. 
So that then translates into a lot of things in you know, different conversations. Um, I'm an expert on diversity and inclusion, and I do work in the in corporate settings and with professional associations. I do a lot of work in spiritual communities with leadership and with um, volunteers who are trying to work with people who are different from them. And, uh, and so that covers all the different, all the ways we're different from one another, whether that's race and ethnicity or generational with age or gender or physical abilities and disabilities, um, language, religions. It's like we constantly, every day, must interact with people who are different from us. And we generally don't learn how to do that growing up. We don't, do we? And it seems that um, we're just increasingly polarized and not coming together to understand each other's viewpoints. Yeah, and that polarization, um, there's always the potential for that because we are different from one another and we don't understand each other. But it has seemed to increase more in recent years. And I think that's one of the reasons I like the idea of harmony, because people misunderstand it. A lot of times people interpret harmony as just go along to get along or make everybody feel good. But when you look at harmony from a spiritual perspective, especially, it is really about understanding and then following through in the way we live, but understanding that everything is different by design. And harmony right. happens when all of those differences work together, not go away, or we don't pretend they're different. So harmony, easy, outside of the spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. Think about how important it is to have harmony with an orchestra or a band or a choir. We don't want, if it's a choir, we don't want the sopranos and the altos and the tenors and the bass to all be the same. Right. We work so that the uniqueness of each one of those voices works together to then result in a song or a performance that everyone's going, Oh my God, that was so good. <laughs> so harmony is not about everybody just getting along and staying separate. Right. It's about engaging in an authentic way, representing that which is unique about you mm -hmm. with others to get some common goal accomplished. I love that. Yeah, the common goal is what we're all concerned with right now during, um, I've, I've been calling this an enforced personal retrograde. So a period of time when we're all being required to go inside and not just inside four walls, but inside ourselves. And um, I feel like even more now more than ever, we are needing to look at harmony, needing to look at inclusion, needing to look at supporting each other and getting along. And um, I, is that what your spiritual leadership course is about? 
So the spiritual leadership work that I do is generally one to remind people who are leaders in spiritual communities that really diversity is a divine design. Like it's not a mistake. And how are they going to be leaders in an environment where there existing population, a congregation or community they're serving, maybe it already have diversity then community to be more effective in a world where there is a lot of visible and invisible diversity. So it really focuses a lot on leadership, but brings in the element that everybody's not just like you as a leader. So how do you notice, accommodate, and prepare everyone who's volunteering or working in your spiritual community to be ready for and to actually be excited about the fact that there's so many different kinds of people? Oh, that's an excellent point. Now, something you said, Tracy, made me kind of go, huh? Um, you talked about visible and invisible diversity. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, well, so often when you, people even hear the word diversity, they immediately assume you're talking about race. Right. That's diversity good. is all the ways that we are different from one another. And you could have a, a room full of people, a business full of people who are all the same race and the same gender, and you would still have diversity because they'd be different age groups, they may have grown up in different places, they may speak different languages, they have different educational levels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So uh, some of what we think we know by looking at someone mm -hmm. can often be incorrect because even with race and ethnicity, you can't always assume based on what you see but the visible, you know, someone's height, their skin color, um, if they are or are not using an assistive device, a walker, a cane, a wheelchair, um, you can see some things. But so much of who we are and what's important to us is reflected by our cultural beliefs. And you can't see that. You can't see the norms that make me unique because I live in Texas and I've been exposed to things a certain way. Um, and if you didn't know that I was from Texas, you really wouldn't have a clue. Or you can't see someone who um, has a medical disability, maybe they have a chronic illness, diabetes, or maybe they um, have had four heart attacks and they have stents and pacemakers in their body. And because of that, it affects how they engage. You can't see that someone is not able to hear. Right. And you can't see that they may have be wearing contact lenses. There's so much about diversity that you cannot see. It's not visible. Very good. I, I, that just 
speaks to me of mindfulness and empathy. Ah, how great is that? And there is a direct link. Right, of course. Being able to understand another person's point of view, another person's background, another person's experience. Not only to see it, but to understand it. Yeah, and so when we talk about bringing in all of what we know, and I love that connect, mindfulness and empathy. So mindfulness, really being attentive to what I am doing and what I am saying from a conscious place or from beginner's mind. You know, even though in the course of a day, I might interact with or engage with several hundred people, if I am mindful as I meet someone new, if I am mindful as I am in the grocery store and noticing the line is long and the cashier is a little irritated, if I bring my mindfulness to that and really see that cashier as a whole person and as a person worthy of my respect, then I'm gonna speak to the cashier differently. I'm gonna ask the cashier a different question. I may say, how are you? But I'm actually listening to the answer, not just expecting that person to say fine, and then I just keep going. If I'm empathetic, then I'm more likely to be kind and less judgmental. And those are things that help us to create harmony in our engagements with other people, not not to just kind of ignore them or make it easy, Mm -hmm. but to create true harmony where I show up as a whole person and I look for the wholeness in the person I'm engaging with or the group I'm with. Oh, I I love that, the wholeness aspect of it. Um, Yeah, so many times we get described as our label it's like that's that um that 20 something that's that hipster that's that whatever it is we get by the label rather than the whole being and um no that's wonderful um yeah i'm looking at your website now and you've got all these wonderful programs that you have from bias to bridges um Commit, create, collaborate, intentionally inclusive. Um, This one strikes me. What is mine to do? What can you tell me about that? So after the, well, let me back up even before 2015. Um, What is mine to do is a question I used to ask myself all the time, like 25, 30 years ago even. I would ask myself, what's mine to do about this? How, how should I be engaged? Or how do I bring something positive to this situation? And I didn't even realize how much I used it um, until recently when I was going back over some things and found some things I had written, you know, 20 years ago. But in 2015, after the nine Black members of the church in Charleston, South Carolina, were, were murdered, um, that question came up a lot. People were asking me for advice. Well, you know, what can I do? Or I want to change this, but I'm not a politician. What can I do? Or I don't, you know, I just, what can I do in my community? I'm so frustrated. Or we're so afraid. 
And I was getting that question so much that the, one of the outcomes of that was a Facebook group that's still active today. And the Facebook group asks that question specifically about race-based hatred and violence. What is mine to do to respond to race-based hatred and violence? What is mine to do to remove or eradicate race-based hatred and violence? And so um, what is mine to do is a Facebook group. I've done a TEDx talk with that title and um, spend a part of every week myself and with a couple thousand people who are in the group, really exploring that, making sure we educate ourselves about what's going on in the race-based climate in the United States and the world, educating each other about um, information we may not know, and, and then doing some problem solving and some, some webinars and things like that. But the primary focus is everyday people from all walks of life constantly keeping that question in the forefront of their mind. What's mine to do to reduce race-based hatred and violence or to respond to it? Um, so yeah, the Facebook group, uh, it's a public group, anybody can participate. And for example, in the month of March, because it's Women's History Month, we had a couple of us had a conversation about the fact that, you know, it's Women's History Month, you can expect that you're gonna see things about, you know, these five or six women in from history. And, and that often other people, other women who are featured are almost always white. Or if they are a woman yep. of color, they're going to be Oprah, you know, the Williams the sisters ones. in tennis. It's going to be the same five or six. And so in on the What Is Mine To Do Facebook group, in the month of March, every day there's a post about women of color who are either making history today or who contributed historically in the past to um, improving life for all for all people, not just women. Oh, I love that. That's wonderful. You know, just recently I was telling you that um, I had Trey Venerable on the podcast, um, and I'm not sure when that episode is coming out, but who had written a series of children's books about inclusion and representation is actually what it was, representation of um, black cowboys and mm -hmm. women also who were known as cowboys. Um, it's just very important to, to know the, the rich history and the rich um, culture that we all share. So I, I think that's very important. It's well, not yeah, and it's it's important for everyone. So it's important for women to have role models and to see that there are women who have excelled in all fields and all walks of life. Right. And so it's that, but it's also important for men to know that there are women who have excelled in all walks of life and be able to know who they are. You know, in my spiritual community, and I'm an um, active leader in centers for spiritual living, and, you know, in every denomination, I grew up Baptist, I'm really exposed, been exposed to Buddhist communities, 
meditation communities, unity churches and communities. Um, and it's been really interesting for me, no matter what the community is and the spiritual um, system it is, unless it's one of the communities that uh, are one of the denominations that actually was built by African-Americans because they were not accepted in the larger group. With, if you put those aside, then when you get into the quote unquote mainstream denominations or the main part of these other denominations, you hardly ever see that there was someone African-American or Hispanic or Asian-American who was around and involved and was a leader. Mm, good point. And, and, and there have always been men and women of color who were involved, who were leaders, who were ministers, who were, you know, providing leadership and education. And so I've noticed in the last few years how that's changing too. And, and it's not just for the people of color, mm -hmm. although it's important for them to see themselves, it's for the white members to understand there have always been leaders. Exactly. And to know their names the same way they know the names of, you know, if you look at, I can name three people from the 1950s, you know, and they're white, it's like, oh, well, if it's the 50s or 60s, there are gonna be some names that are black or Asian or Latino. Or gay or, or right. Right, absolutely. And the same thing around sexual orientation, absolutely. Right, absolutely. So, I mean, this the notion of inclusion, the no notion of harmony, of diversity is not new, but we are, we are looking at it now. You know, so how did you get into the field that you're in? I see you laughing. Uh, how did you get in? So was there an event? Was there a moment where you just said, okay, I got to do something? As well, okay, so you're looking at me and you can see that my skin is brown. And <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I think I was trained to do this work from the moment I was born, or maybe sure. even before I was born. But, and, and of course, there are certain events that really stand out that I didn't know I was being prepared for this. Um, mm -hmm. But when I was two years old, my family, which was an African-American family, moved into what up until then had been an all-white neighborhood. And, um, and so I, I realize now, I was even at that young of an age, being groomed to learn how to be different and also build authentic relationships, right? I had a, at four, between four and five years old, had a neighbor, you know, and, and learned. I couldn't go inside her house because her, one of her parents and her grandparents would not let any black kids, any Negro kids, you know, into the house. They weren't really happy that I, that I was playing with her outside in the yard. Um, and I had to go to her yard. They would not let her come across the street to my yard. 
I had a friend like you when I was a kid that I could not understand. I remember asking if they would like, her and her brother would like to come in and watch a movie because my brother and I were going to watch a movie. And she said, I don't think we can. I said, well, it's okay. I'll go ask. And I was shocked, shocked when my grandmother said no. Yeah. So those kinds of things. Uh, in fourth grade, I was part of the group of students who helped to desegregate the schools in St. Louis, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And so a whole year of being bused, you know, pulling up to um, a school and having adults, your fourth grade, and having adults line the street with picket signs and yelling names and using racial slurs directed toward you as a fourth grader, wow. you know, that. But seeing at the by the end of the year, that's September, right? By May and June, those crowds not being there and having gotten to the point in the school where not during class time, but during recess, there were some few white kids who would play with some of the black kids. And seeing that change and relationships being built. So at a very young age, that preparation was there. Um, but yeah, I mean, all through my life, choosing to study Russian because I thought I might want to be uh, an interpreter for the U.S. government or going to, um, to camps where, you know, there was a racial mix and a sexual orientation mix and all of that. And then in my early work career, working in predominantly male environments, being a woman and learning to navigate that or being an executive in a healthcare environment. And I'm the only person on the executive team who didn't start their career as a nurse or you know, training as a doctor or having worked for 10 years earlier in healthcare and being different. So I, I think that so much in my life reminded me that being different, Fern Lebo has a great quote. Most people are perfectly fine being different as long as their difference is not viewed as a deficiency. Mm, right. And so it's like, oh no, people who are different from one another can work together. People who are different and have different backgrounds all bring something unique that if, it, if you had all these different ingredients and you stirred them up in a bowl and then you baked something or created a meal out of that, you want the diversity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Yeah, so that's kind of the, I've had just so many life experiences that have taught me over and over and over again that if you could use the diversity for good, if you could get everyone to understand that that diversity is helping everyone be better or get to the goal faster or serve your customers better, yeah. then making it work, it takes skill, 
-hmm. It takes commitment. It takes building relationships. And it's all worth it. It is all worth it. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Do you ever find those who are just not willing to listen, not willing to understand? And what do you do? Oh, every day. (laughs) (laughs) So there is, um, if anyone has ever done any statistical studies, they are, you know, studying statistics, they know about the bell curve. Right. And when you are talking about implementing any kind of change, the bell curve actually applies. And there is a specific um, study that was done about implementing diversity and inclusion in organizations. And that bell curve pretty much is more specific, but it mirrored the pattern. So out here on the outlying edge, right, Mm -hmm. edges, most people are here in the middle where the curve is high. But out on the edges, you're going to always have 13 to 20% who they're not going to change or they're going to fight change very aggressively. The change feels too risky for them or too threatening for them. And on the other side, you're going to have, you know, anywhere from again, eight to 20, 23% who are the innovators and the champions and the ones who are like, they're, they're loving this And they're way out ahead of everybody else. So I work really hard to to not focus my attention or design anything that I'm doing around the 8 to 20% who are comfortable where they are or or will aggressively fight. So yeah, there will there will be people in any workshop. I not every workshop because most of the time people are signing up. They want to. Right. If I'm working in a corporation, or if I go speak, I recently spoke at a convention about two thousand people, and there were some people who were they were there for the convention, and they did not like my key what I was talking about in my keynote speech at all. Luckily, I was able to talk to a couple of them, and I was just curious, and because they thought I was trying to change their mind, and I, and I remember saying to them, I'm not going to change your mind. That's not my mission. 
I hope that something I said got your attention and that maybe you'll think about it, but not so that you can think just like me. I don't know what's going to work for you in your world with the people you work with or you serve. Mm -hmm. But for many people who are here at this convention, they work in an environment that's multicultural, multi-ethnic, and multi-generational. And my goal was to give them some tips and some tools that they could apply when they get back to their workplace so they can be more effective. And if you don't need those tips and tools, they're not for you. Mm -hmm. So I generally am not fighting, uh, you know, my, my tagline that actually a client wrote in a, in a, some feedback and I just started using it is, you know, I, I strive to change the conversation mm -hmm. about this harmony, the concept of harmony, change it from being political or personality based mm -hmm. to a conversation and a skill building experience around results that we want to achieve together and the relationships that we want to have in the world or in our community or in our workplace. And when we focus on that, then we find not just common ground where we agree, we find that we can have curiosity about where we disagree and see if there's something we can learn from it. Oh, I think that's wonderful. Good. Thank you for breaking that down for me. I know in this increasingly polarized climate that we're in, that it is very difficult to even listen, very difficult to even open your ears, much less your eyes. So thank you for breaking that down. Um, if one good thing comes out of the crisis that we're in now, is that perhaps those barriers come down and we crave listening to each other. So we can hope, right? Well, I'm laughing because, you know, I, I actually was thinking about this yesterday. For so many people, this, this sense of self-isolation right. and this being, needing to stay in your home or when you go out, making sure that there's space. So yesterday I was thinking, you know, what's going to happen is after a few weeks of this, people are going to be so hungry for interpersonal contact, physical connection. And they're going to be so tired of connecting via the smartphone or the computer that we actually may have an opportunity to cement our connection to each other in a completely different way. How important it is for us to see, really see each other, really genuinely care about each other and learn more about each other. Because hopefully in this time of isolation, we will relearn everything that we have forgotten about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely that's what spirit keeps telling me is that you know there's the four walls that we can isolate in and then there's ourselves and we can stay in the four walls and we can go inside 
you know, when we're going inside, really go inside. That's what spirit keeps telling me. So um, that's a valuable message. And speaking of which, how's this for a segue? When we're going inside, you have some books that we can look at. <laughs> so let's talk about your books. <laughs> that's an interesting segue. Um, we're going to be inside and reading anyway, right? Yeah, actually, that is true. So um, my most recent book is the first in a trilogy, and it's called Stained Glass Spirit. And it is about uh, creating spiritual communities, not just churches, but spirit-based communities where we recognize that oneness does not mean sameness. And it really does just focus on how do you have this conversation and, and definitions. What's the distinction between diversity and inclusion and oneness? And why should we care anyway? Uh, what's the difference between namaste and Ubuntu? And uh, how can we use that to have relationships and to help everyone develop spiritually deep and resonant lives. Um, the um, book before that was Mind to Do, which was What is Mind to Do? And it, it does bring us spiritual grounding into, wait a minute, race-based hatred and violence is happening all over the world, and it has risen, not decreased, so how can I understand this and how can I bring my spiritual values and, and personal responsibility into creating the relationships I want to have where I live and where I interact? And then I think, I think the Radiate Wellness audience um, actually might also be interested in a book that I wrote a few years ago. It's a collection of prayers and poems and it's called I Turn to Prayer. And all three of them are on Amazon.com. So Perfect. And they're on your website. And they're on my website, too, on TracyBrown.com or StainedGlassSpirit.net. Yes, so. that's the one that I've been referring to, StainedGlassSpirit.net. So you've got, there's no excuse not to find you out there so. i am easy to find even if you don't remember well if you remember my name tracybrown.com has links to everything um but yeah if you can remember my name and don't even remember there's a website it's like tracy brown diversity spirituality like you put a couple tags there right and i'm gonna pop up right absolutely now um tell me the stained glass spirit where does this title come from? Where does this concept come from of stained glass spirit? What does that mean? So the concept of stained glass spirit is, of course, connected to stained glass windows in this way. Imagine one of the most beautiful stained glass windows you have ever mm. seen. And when you think about it and you imagine it and you visualize it in your mind, you notice that Every little piece of that window is a different color, size, shape, texture. Right. And it's all held together by, in most cases, a black iron soldering or leading. Mm -hmm. 
So what if we could create spiritual communities where every individual person was supported and being and valued and being their best self and the letting that held it all together was spirit so that just what your spiritual community could shine with the brilliance of all these individual contributions and contributors just the way that a stained glass window is brilliant and at its best when the sun shines through and highlights all the uniqueness so taking the the awe that we see when we have this amazing stained glass treatment or window and applying it to our spiritual communities it's like that's what we want to create and actually i get a sense that that's what you've created with radiate wellness absolutely right there's so many different um practitioners and there's so many different topics but it comes together so that we as we uh, as we explore the site right our own wellness begins to radiate because we're making choices we're getting information we're asking questions and we're sharing the best of who we are Yes, I love the way you break that down. We're looking at our mind, body, spirit. We're looking at all aspects. We're looking at our energy. We're looking at our diet and lifestyle, as well as the stars that align around us. That's, I love how you brought that all together, Tracy. Um, and just like a stained glass window, you know, each one of the pieces is distinct. It yes. is different. They don't blend. There is commonality and they all form part of a whole but there's no blurring we are each individual and i love that that image that concept and we started with uh, radiate harmony uh-huh we did Blend. and that's exactly what happens with that stained glass window mm -hmm. there is harmony of all the parts there is harmony of the different textures the different ways of showing up and they didn't all blend together. Mm -mm. And you know, the red pieces didn't say, oh, <laughs> you're blue pieces. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Well, I'll play nice. Okay, whoever's building the window, you can have some blue pieces over there, but don't put them next to me. I mean, right? I mean, how silly is that? Right. But like just your, we began with the analogy of a choir and I loved that because all of the different voices, you have to have them to have rich harmony and yes. radiate that harmony. You cannot, in a good choir, in a skillfully blended choir, you cannot pick out one person's voice from another person's voice. And in the stained glass, you cannot have the rich full picture of the the allegory or the image without each individual piece yes we get each other <laughs> i love when that happens is there anything else that you feel you would like to share with our listeners something we may have skipped over 
or left out? Anything? Yeah, actually, there is one thing that I always, always try to remember to talk about real briefly, no matter what I'm doing. Often people shy away from having conversations about the ways that we're different from one another. Right. They're uncomfortable or they're afraid that they will offend someone because they don't know exactly what to say. And so I, I want to share two things. One, it all starts with each one of us individually. We each must take personal responsibility to build the kind of relationships that then add up to create a community that is a community of harmony or a city or a state or a nation that is reflecting that harmony that we all so much want. So if I take personal responsibility, then it is up to me to find ways to get out of my comfort zone and to move into my learning zone. Yeah. And so because of that, the second thing that I always add, there's personal responsibility. And if you've been in my presence, I give you a learner's permit. Now, when you started driving a car, you'd been riding in cars for at least 15 years. You watched everybody drive. You read the little booklet and you knew you knew what you were doing and you got your learner's permit. And then you started actually driving and you realized how complex it was. You got to look in the mirror. You got to look in the side mirror. You got to look ahead so you don't run into anybody. And, and heaven forbid you were learning on a manual transmission and you had to learn, right, the accelerator and the clutch. There's all the little details and you thought you knew, but you didn't. Mm -hmm. But after you'd been driving 10 years, you were pretty much on automatic and would know when to be more cautious. So I give you a learner's permit to actually ask questions, to recognize you don't know what you don't know. Right. And the only way you get better at it is by doing it and you're going to make some mistakes. So the goal is not to never make a mistake. The goal is to learn how to recover when you make a mistake and to surround yourself with people who can help you learn what you don't already know. Mm -hmm. No, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Tracy, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, I feel like you're part of my ministerial team. And <laughs> such a joy to learn from you and share an experience with you. Um, if we were together in the room, we, I couldn't give you a hug, but I would give you a fist bump or an elbow, right? <laughs> we'll dance. We'll just we'll dance dance. together across the miles. <laughs> <laughs> when all of this is over, there's going to be such a party. Exactly such a party. Well, Tracy, thank you again for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. 
to learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.